Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver. Free agent frenzy started today. It is Wednesday, July 28th, 10 p.m. live here on YouTube. It is Canucks After Dark as we come to you every week. And as always, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, and I am joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing tonight, Clay? I'm great, Parker. You think? I hope you're well as well. Do you think we'll have anything to talk about tonight? I don't know. We're going to be stretched thin. It's going to be just like uh, just like it was in April. Uh, just not absolutely nothing going on in the news today. Um, I was mentioning before we started the show because uh, we have these banners that we put on screen sometimes. Uh, Beautiful we have banners. Twi- we yes. have twice as many as we've ever had. So oh. we are going to be churning through topics at a rapid pace tonight. Uh, if we don't get to a topic you want us to talk about, we are sorry, uh, but we will do our best. Um, Anyways, yeah, we got we're here live on YouTube as always, uh, and if you're listening afterwards in podcast form, thank you for that. And if you miss mm-hmm. any part of the show, you can catch it later on YouTube or on your podcast platform of choice. Clay, I, I mean, I think we just have to dive right into things here. Um, and I mean, Parker, I was, as always, you lead, <laughs> I will follow. Well, let's start on the most positive note possible, and that was the Canucks made a bunch of moves today. And I want you to pick your favorite move the Canucks made, and that's where we'll start. Oh. Oh. Okay, the one I like the most, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I won't qualify it. Uh, the one I like the most is probably one that I'm guessing some people don't like, and that is the Travis Hamannick one. All right. Travis Hamannick re-signed. Now, this one was interesting for me because uh, I saw a tweet that came out, and I think it was Rick Dollywall, and all he put was, his whole tweet was, Travis Hamannick, two years, three million. Yes. That was it. No punctuation, no <laughs> multiplication symbol. That was it. So I'm in the middle of recording my Tucker Pullman video and I see, and I'm thinking right on the fly. I'm like, all right, I'm, we're going to do both. We're going to make this a dual threat video. We're going to do Pullman and Hamnick together. And yes. so I do the rest of my video talking about Travis Hamnick making $1.5 million a year. <laughs> and then I see someone else put out later and everyone's like, oh, great contract. Two years, $3 million, million and a half a year. That's great. And then I see it come out like two minutes later that it's one and a half or three. It's three million times two. So I had to restart a few times. Uh, so Travis Hamnick re-signing your favorite move of the day kind of surprising to me two years at three million dollars per what did you like so much about this move we'll get into actually i think that the sutter and halak moves are technically better from an efficiency standpoint for sure and i no problem with that but as you know parker i like travis hamnick i counted him as my unsung hero last season i think once he figured out what the heck he was doing how to play hockey again he was quite a settling force for quinn hughes and the entire defense overall. So I think I'm really happy, Parker, that he's coming back. I get that as soon as you go from one to two years, you have to pay a little more. And I get that I think we're going to talk about Hamannick and Pullman might play kind of similar roles. It seems like we were just talking about this with Sutter and Beagle. But overall, I I like Hamannick's game. Heavy shot, uh, not afraid to mix it up, stands up for his teammates. Could we have gone a little less on the money? Sure, but I don't mind that he's here for two more years. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that sort of came out of this was, you know, at first look, we saw the Pullman and Hamannick deals, and we'll get to Tucker Pullman shortly. Sure. Uh, we saw those, and we're like, man, that like to my mind, I was like, that sounds like a little more money than I expected uh, <laughs> on both of them. But then we see all of the defenseman contracts, especially the right side around the NHL, were a lot higher than I think anyone anticipated. So clearly, the market was hot. 
for right-handed yeah. defensemen, and Travis Hamnick is a part of that. And I agree. I think, you know, he started pretty poorly at the beginning of last year, came in on a PTO, ended up signing for a million and a quarter uh, for the season, ended up sticking on a line with Quinn Hughes and just got better and better as the season went on. Uh, obviously not an ideal season for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, but I think Travis Hamnick was, like you said, sort of a steadying force on that line, sort of got Quinn Hughes back in check uh, after the first couple months of the season or so. Now, when we talk about the money, uh, this was a bit of a surprise because I think most people thought, yeah, he'll get a raise, right? I think he was good enough at that 1.25 number last year, and he's 30 yeah. years old. He'll probably get maybe $2 million, <laughs> maybe a little bit more. So that's why this was so surprising to me. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was a move the Canucks had to make, and $3 million just might be sort of market value for a bottom four defenseman uh, in the NHL nowadays. And it's funny, Parker, I know we're going to be good thing that you're good at numbers and I pretend I'm good at numbers, although I failed out of accounting, as you know, but uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of numbers. And I realized with 20 banners, if we want to go maybe 75 to 80 minutes, we probably only have three or four minutes per banner. But I will say this. Uh, remember, Hamannick made 3.75 two seasons ago. Right. Then he only made 1.25, a third of that last season. So the, the three, yeah, a little bit rich, but it doesn't surprise me given that He's saying, hey, just 18 months ago, I was make, I was in a contract for 3.75. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he definitely took that pay cut off the PTO. And, you know, he found he found a team that, that's willing to take him. Uh, yeah. Good for him. You know what? Get paid. Fine by me. Uh, and look, uh, something like $3 million, it's not one of those things that's going to crush you. And it's two years. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a fairly tradable contract at the end of the day. Uh, you know, if, yeah. if everything goes very poorly for the Canucks, either this year or next year, and they need to get rid of them, they can probably... Even if you're salvaging almost nothing for it, at the end of the day, it's a free asset. You got him as a free agent, basically, uh, and you are doing just fine with mm -hmm. that. Do you want to uh, lead us into Tucker Pullman? I think you know more about him than sure. I do. <laughs> yeah, so Tucker Pullman, this is one that surprised me, um, and this is one that came up um, basically right at, uh, or basically, it basically came up as a tweet that just said, Tucker Pullman is probably going to the Canucks. And I see lots of people on Twitter, again, Great signing. This is a good piece because everyone's thinking Tucker Pullman, million bucks, million and a half bucks, right? Uh, basically, a guy who couldn't stick in the Jets' top four uh, ended up falling down to sort of be the five-six defenseman. Uh, the J lots of Jets fans saying that uh, Tucker Pullman just w just wasn't able to contribute in his time with Josh Morrissey uh, up in the top pair. Uh, just couldn't hang up there. Uh, and what we're getting in Tucker Pullman is a guy who will be z a, an absolute zero on offense. Uh, you are not bringing in Tucker Pullman to have any offensive drive. If you look at him analytically, and I usually talk about these sort of zero to 100 percentiles, he's a zero on the offensive side. Literally comes in at a zero percentile offense. The worst offensive defenseman in the NHL, basically. Uh, but <laughs> defensively, he's not too bad. And right. when, you're looking, when you're talking about a number six guy, uh, you know, you're kind of okay with that. But... Where it kind of worries me is you, you this, the sort of right-hand side of your defense uh, core is kind of where offense seems to go to die uh, at this point. You know, can, can you answer me something, Parker? I almost called you Tucker. About <laughs> Tucker Pullman? Yeah, Parker Pullman. <laughs> Canucks after dark. How come on some websites I see him as 6'2", 200, and other sites, which I think are more accurate, I see 6'4", 215? That's a gap. <laughs> One of those must be like his draft numbers. He's the bigger of those two, isn't he? I would think so. I think so too, because they talk. NHL they measurements talk about... are always bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, 
I, you you summed it up well. I did a bit of research, not enough, um, on this guy. I do know that him and Josh Morrissey did struggle last year on the Winnipeg Blue Line. However, I've also heard that actually Pullman played better in in the playoffs this year. So which Pullman are we going to get? I don't know. I hinted the uh, the fact too that you're right. I love your point about right shot defensemen seem to be making some coin today, and. Would you be, you know, maybe we'll talk about this later, but if you don't sign one of Hamannick or Pullman, are you okay with Myers, one of them, and then Shen and one of these other, you know, you, uh, you, I almost said Yuka, I did say it, Abbotsford-bound guys <laughs> as, as filling for depth, right? So is this basically a, a contract that Canucks did not need to sign? Right, and I think it comes down to um, term in my mind. Yeah. Like Tucker, Tucker Pullman's a fine piece and the Canucks clearly went all in on depth today. Uh, the last couple of years, they've, they've run with the excuse of injuries have sort of killed our team and we haven't been able to recover from them, even though every team in the NHL has injuries. Um, but they went out and they signed a bunch of guys who can come and play NHL games if need be. Tucker mm. Pullman hopefully will be a mainstay in the Canucks lineup. Hopefully he is good enough to, to sort of stay in the Canucks lineup, especially if he's making $10 million over the next four years. Yep. Um, but they also picked up a bunch of other guys that can come up uh, and sort of support there. And we did, we ran a poll here in the chat. Uh, if you guys liked the Tucker Pullman signing uh, 29 votes, 55% said yes. Uh, wow. And the remaining 45 said no. So pretty split. Uh, I was leaning t more towards the no side. If you watch my video, this was, this mm -hmm. this was the main contract that I was more negative on. All the other ones I was actually quite happy about. Um, yeah. Tucker Pullman, I think, is the one iffy move that, again, it could turn out, uh, but it's the one iffier move sort of in the pool of signings that the Canucks had today. And Parker, that's so cool that you put that poll up in our chat. Um, I actually was so... Uh, enraptured by how that we had a cool poll that I forgot to vote. So I'm glad that the people voted and I saw at least 30, about 30 people voted, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go on to the next one. And again, another poll coming into chat right now. All Yaroslav right. Halak coming in as the backup goalie one year at $1.5 million base. However, he has the potential to earn a bonus of another $1.5 million. Now we don't know the exact terms of that bonus. My assumption would be either like there's probably a piece of it that's games played could be wins, could be save percentage, could be a bunch of different things like that. Um, yeah. I, this is a, this is an excellent signing. Look, the Canucks went out uh, and their, their goal coming into free agency was to uh, create cap space so they could sign, they could ice a roster really. Cause they couldn't. Uh, as of a few days ago. So they go out, they buy out Braden Holpe, which is a fairly friendly buyout, only 500K on the cap this year and 1.9 million next year. So 500K off the cap, and then they go out and they sign Yaroslav Halak for $1.5 million. So for a backup goalie, the Canucks are paying $2 million this season, pretty much, and they're saving $2.3 million off the cap, uh, yes. which is great. Uh, and they're also getting a better goalie right now. Uh, he's a lot <laughs> older. He's 36 as opposed to Holpe, who was like 31, I believe, uh, or around there. Uh, and he comes in uh, having sort of an off year last year, which you kind of expect as you get older. Uh, but mm -hmm. I think he still put up a 905 last year. Um, the previous season, though, when he was 34, he had a 919. The year before that, a 922. Uh, backing up Tuka Rask. So he knows how to be a really solid backup, clearly. He's going to be under, you know, as we keep saying, the best goaltending coach in the NHL, most likely. Uh, and I, again, this just seems like a very solid, sound move. Yeah, I'll give three quick points. And one of them is 
Yeah, Halak is older, but he's used to being a backup, and I think we're fine that. He's a good backup. Number two, he is had of his 15 seasons, 11 of them are being winning seasons, which is good. And number three, and I saw Chris Favor put this in. The Yeah, exactly. The, the bonus structure did come out, and basically, you're, it's funny that you, you nailed it. One of them is he's got to win 10 games. Uh, that that gets him 120 uh, 1.25 million and the other two and a half 50 grand is for a 905 save percentage which is exactly as you said what he had last season so likely we actually want him to achieve these bonuses because we want him to get us those 10 wins we want him to do better than last year save percentage wise and the key about this is this 1.5 will count towards next year's cap right. not this year's cap and I'll whether that's good or bad there. Yeah, uh, it is. It's just ten games played, not ten. Oh, wins. thank you. So he just thank needs you, to you, play ten games, uh, which he will get. So yes. when we look at this, it's one point five million next year, likely one point two five next year, and that two hundred fifty k bonus for a nine oh five or better save percentage. Um, again, you hope he gets that one because it's such a small amount of money, and you know you want your backup goalie to be performing well. So. Uh, that is, uh, in my mind, it's a fine move. And again, like you said, it goes towards uh, next year's cap uh, when Holpe's going to be costing $1.9 million. So let's say the Canucks are kind of losing 3.4 off the cap next year for this move. Uh, it's really just a bunch of pushing the can down the road to next year with the Holpe buyout and with this uh, Halak contract. And what is it with Canucks and contracts for goalies that aren't even here anymore? Because the cap recapture penalty for Luongo ends next year, but you have the Holtby buyout and you might have Halak bonuses, whatever. It's about the same money at the end. But um, yeah, it's kind of funny how the Canucks always are stuck with dead goalie yes, money. For the, no, the, the Canucks are paying money, yeah. the Canucks are paying four goalies right now uh, that <laughs> are in their top two. Basically, it's it's a mess. Uh, but Yaroslav Halak, I am excited for. Uh, I think he'll be a really sound presence to back up Demko, a guy who you can rely on to, if he needs to play 30 games. Uh, you know, God forbid something happens to Demko, he misses. You know, maybe he misses two weeks of play. Yes. You're comfortable with a real veteran presence who has not had an off year really in his career uh, to come in and uh, and sort of hold the fort while Demko's out. Well said. But even at 1.5, there's a guy who's going to be making less than that. Why don't you tell us about him? Mr. Sure. Parker. And before I say that, uh, oh, yeah. 92% on the poll saying that they like the Yaroslav Halak signing. Okay. So good job, Jim Benning there. But yes, less than 1.1 or less than 1.5 is 1.125. <laughs> and that is Brandon Sutter. Uh, sort of a whipping boy in these markets for the last uh, the last few years, making way too much money, uh, over $4 million for Brandon Sutter previously. Uh, and now he comes back on a very team-friendly one-year, $1.125 million uh, to be the 4C. And look, we, we kind of, we've sort of said this for the past 10 weeks that Beagle and Sutter, you don't need both. And so it yep. looked like they had picked Beagle over Sutter. They were letting Sutter go as a UFA. And then they go out and trade Beagle as a part of the <laughs> OEL and Connor Garland trade. And now they said, well, now we need a 4C. So they go and uh, and bring back Brandon Sutter. And Brandon Sutter is going to go from a guy that everyone loved to hate on to a guy that everyone just sort of in, like loves in this market, making a team-friendly amount of money and can get a random hat trick once a season. <laughs> he becomes our one of our only right-shot forwards. He becomes our only right-shot centerman who can win face-offs, or sorry, take face-offs on the right side. Our number one penalty killer, likely him and Dickinson will split that as, as centers on penalty kill. So 
and the leadership, all those things, right? So uh, a good signing, kind of how we talked about Hamnick dropping down from 375 to 125. What did Sutter make last year? 3-8 or 4-2 or something? It's like 4-3, four, three, four, three. I want to say. Yes. So this is basically a, a cut of 75% almost, which is which is massive. But it just shows you how much Sutter wants to be here and how much I think he loves playing for Travis Green. And we know that Travis Green loves Brandon Sutter. Of course. And that's sort of my one fear with this is that Brandon <laughs> Sutter gets too much ice time. Uh, but I think with Jason Dickinson yeah. in the fold, uh, yeah. that it does that does sort of alleviate the need to push Brandon Sutter up the yeah. lineup, of course, except for the case of injuries. So very quickly, who's our fourth penalty killer then? If we know it's going to be Sutter, Dickinson, Mott, and Beagle's gone, Erickson's gone, Roussel's gone. Those are three guys that could be that fourth penalty killer. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent question. Um, is it Highmore? Is it Pearson? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Is McEwen any good at killing penalties? I, I don't think he's he even enough. be in the lineup. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That's definitely it's definitely interesting. I don't know a lot of the new yeah. guys, uh, sort of their penalty killing prowess. Me neither. Uh, but that will be interesting to see. Okay. All right. That's enough about okay. Brandon Sutter. Let's move sure. on to the next one. Uh, the return of a two-time Stanley Cup champion back-to-back Luke Shen coming back to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Canucks had him on a pretty cheap deal. They let him go to Tampa Bay, goes there, just casually wins a couple of Stanley Cups and decides to come back to Vancouver on a completely buryable contract that the Canucks can throw in the HL if they need to. Luke Shen, two years at $850,000 per year, just above league minimum. Consummate team guy. We remember he was lined up with Quinn Hughes at the end of 18-19 season when Hughes had his quick five-game stint. Yeah, and he, I think he only played, what was it, 18 games for us that season? Was that right? Or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, you can't argue with 850. You can't argue. He likely will be our seventh defenseman. So our, our first guy in with injury or you just need a different look or you want to wrestle one of the young guys or, or bench someone. So uh, yeah, I, I know I saw you joke around about... Uh, Everyone keeps saying this is a tidy piece of business. This is a yep. tidy piece of business. This one is pretty tidy, though. I it like was this tidy. One. Absolutely, it's a <laughs> it's a move that you really there's there's no downside at all, right? People, yeah. some people might be like, oh, it's two years though. He doesn't. You shouldn't be giving the guy two years, but it doesn't matter because you can put him in the AHL and his salary <laughs> doesn't count anymore. It just hurts the owner's pocketbook at the end of the day. And yeah. if you can have, remember, we keep taught we were we've been talking forever about how the Canucks lower end players are making too much money. And that mm. was the case, right? The bottom six of Beagle, Erickson, Roussel, <laughs> Sutter, all combined was like $16 million. Uh, now we've gone and replaced, you know, some guys like Brandon Sutter, way cheaper now. Uh, mm -hmm. Luke Shen coming in as a seventh defenseman, making almost no money. Uh, so look, it's, it's just, a, like you said, a, a tidy piece of business. Yeah, so it should be good. You know, you can, put, you can play him right away or likely he slots in on the right side after the big three or bigger three of Myers, Hamannick and Pullman. Absolutely. Um, one last sort of big signing that I want to talk about for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, mm -hmm. Not, not super big, but very interesting. Uh, <laughs> and this is Danny Klimovich signing his entry level contract as the 41st overall pick. The first player from the 2021 NHL draft to sign their contract. Yes. Alan Walsh. He was the first uh and uh he's he's <laughs> want he's gunning for an nhl spot out of the gates this year and i don't think any of us saw this coming yeah wow you know here we are we're all trying to learn about him in the first place and then we see that he's the first 
pick, as you said, out of this year's draft to sign. Isn't it interesting? Jim Benning said they kind of did this as a proactive move. Kind of they didn't like the way the Podkolzin thing worked out. How it's almost like the KHL controlled him for the first two years of his, you know, uh, his first draft plus two years. So why not sign our guy? Then we, not we, it's not me and you, it's it's Jim Benning and the Canucks. They can decide, okay, you're either Abbotsford, you're going to play in the CHL, or we might let you go back to Russia, but at le- or Belarus or Russia, wherever he's going to play. But because I made that mistake, remember last time. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of interesting how they're so proactive today and came out of nowhere. Yeah, it seems like a really smart move because he was playing in Belarus last year, and I think the second league uh, in Belarus. Uh, and he, you know, put up 52 points in 37 games. Uh, it looks like he was supposed to go to uh, Dynamo in the KHL this year, just according mm. to his Elite Prospects page. That's like the next team listed. Ah. Um, so I think the plan was for him to go to the KHL and the Canucks said, Hey, look, if you go to the KHL, you are going to play four minutes a night at most. <laughs> You're going to get no play time because they don't care about developing you come here. We'll give you a shot to compete out of training camp, come out and earn it. And if he does, that's amazing. If not, Hey, you can go to Abbotsford where we have mm. full control of you. We can assign someone to just work you and, and make you the best player you can be. Uh, it's just a really smart move, especially since what we've seen from the KHL, right? Like you said, Pod Colson, uh, he goes there and, and you know, the whole freed Pod Colson thing coming through. Uh, so it's, you know, it just makes sense. Uh, get a guy away from Russia if you can, um, because we keep seeing sort of that, the Russian, uh, the mob out there trying to sort of just keep players trapped in there for as long as possible. And I want to keep talking about it, but let's give some love to Chris Faber because it's really nice to have another prominent very prominent podcaster and writer. Can you put up his comment real quick? Is that okay? Sure. Thank you. I almost said uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be here to <laughs> yeah, if, he, if he's going to hear to see this, but he says, "I've got to run, guys. Love the show. Off to write about Hugo Gabrielson, who happens to be Lou Harris' biggest comment. fan. Yeah, keep up the excellent work. Best Canucks show on YouTube. High praise coming from someone that we both admire very much for his Absolutely. hustle and his uh, his um, just his clarity in his work. Uh, Canucks Conversation Podcast. That's uh, Chris and and. David Quadrelli and at Canucks Army. So thanks, Chris, if you're still here. And if not, um, we'll make sure that you get, oh, he's still here. He's still talking, which is good. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on from Klimovich because we have so much to get to. Yeah. Um, and let's just sort of quickly cover some of the depth signings the Canucks made because they made a sure. lot of them today, surprisingly. Yeah. So I'm just going to have them roll along the <laughs> bottom here. Uh, Nick Patan. You know it's a lot when you got to put it in a, like a rolling banner. <laughs> Nick Patan, Sheldon Dries, Dries, I don't know how you pronounce his name exactly, uh, Brady Keeper, Devontae Stevens, Justin Dowling, Brad Hunt, and Phil DeGiuseppe. Um, any of these that really stand out to you as, as exciting, or are these just a lot of uh, good depth pieces for the Abbotsford squad? Yeah, to me, Hunt and... Patan are the names that I actually recognize. Admittedly, I don't recognize a lot of the guys. One of the guys looks like, uh, isn't that the pizza that you can buy at Freshco? Did, uh, uh, that's close. Let's think that's DiGiorno. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> so nowhere close. But Patan and Hunt are the names that I do know of. And yeah, with I just think that the fact that Abbotsford in our backyard, literally an hour, hour 15 drive, depending on how fast and where you're coming from in the lower mainland. But that's going to be such an advantage. Even things of getting DPH working with the big team and, and things. So... I'm interested to see how they manage all the roster up and down, waivers, non-waivers, flex. I don't know all that. I don't know who's waiver eligible, who's old, who's young. But there are, apparently there are a couple guys in there that may be guys that can step in our lineup in a, in a pinch as well. Absolutely. Uh, I think the one most exciting for me here uh, is uh, Brady Keeper. 
Uh, he's young. He's 25 years old from Manitoba, mm. uh, 6'2", 196. Uh, played a handful of I think he literally played two NHL games for Florida. Uh, and, you know, not a, not a super high point guy, but de- uh, he's a defenseman. Uh, who can you know maybe be just be a depth piece, especially for Abbots for giving some ice time. He sort of had some some decent cachet coming out of the Florida organization, uh, so I am uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing what he can do as well. Awesome. And then I, as someone mentioned it, uh, yeah, uh, um, is it Agum Agum? How do you say it? Agum. I want to get yep. Ag- Awesome. Yeah. He mentioned that Nick <laughs> Patan is is indeed local, and I think there's a I don't know all these guys uh, genealogy, but I think there's a one or two more local guys as well in that mix. Yes, uh, Devontae Stevens is from White Rock, I believe. Ah. Uh, so a local kid there. Very good, very good. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about the one other big piece of free agency news relating to the Canucks, and that is the departure of Alex Edler going oh. to the Los Angeles Kings. Don't remember the exact terms. Is it two years at uh, 3.5? It's actually one year. Oh, right. It got, yeah. uh, I think yeah. uh, Peg Nauta tweeted out the wrong thing at one yeah. point. And I think it's 325, but yeah, I think it's 325. Okay, that works yep. for me. Either way, sure. uh, making a good chunk of money for Alex Edler, mm-hmm. um, it is 3.5. Uh, he is going mm. to LA uh, to score his 100th goal. Uh, and look, he was, <laughs> I mean, look, the Canucks haven't had a storied history of elite defensemen. Uh, not saying Alex Edler was really elite, but he is probably the best defenseman in Canucks franchise history. Um, you know, Olin's sort of the only other real yes. argument there, I think. Yeah. Um, but Alex Edler, uh, 99 goals for the Canucks, over 900 games, I believe. Uh, I think 925. So he has the chance of playing his 1,000th game this season if he's able to play the whole season. Um, but yeah, he's uh, leaving the Canucks to go join the Kings. Isn't it funny, Parker? I remember... On our show right here, one of the very first things I think we talked about or in one of our very first shows was what's the future of Alex Edler. And I think you and I both agreed, oh, he's either going to resign with the Canucks or he's going to retire. We can't, well, I shouldn't speak for you. I remember I was saying, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see him playing anywhere else. And then you think, okay, respect, let him go, let him win a championship. And LA is not going to be a world beater. They're going to be better for sure. They're going to be better yeah. with Deneau and, and they're going to be better, but they're not a cup favorite. So... Uh, maybe he loves the West Coast. Maybe he loves the climate of the West Coast. Maybe he loves his time zone. Who knows? But I was slightly surprised that he didn't go to, a, let's say, a more prominent team. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it sounded. It sort of sounded like he was just kind of done with the Canucks at the end of the day, uh, based on sort of some <laughs> of the things we heard. And you know what? Fair enough. Uh, you know, you're more than welcome to uh, to make that decision. Uh, I mean, L.A. Look, great weather. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's a great place to go finish off a career if that's if he's planning on finishing a career or if he's just sort of revamping. Uh, yeah. Still, still close to home, right? Yeah. Obviously, you know, he has his home here. It's a two-hour flight away, uh, so we can get back here really quickly. Uh, same division as the Canucks, so he'll be up in Vancouver a couple of times this season. I think in December uh, is his first appearance back in Rogers Arena. Uh, yeah. So that will be interesting to watch. But uh, yeah, moving on to the LA Kings. Like you said, uh, the Kings are going to be a lot better this year, uh, yep. making some moves. We might get to one of them later if we have time. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a um, definitely kind of a surprise move since we thought, you know, maybe he'll go to like a, a Tampa or a Colorado. Somewhere yeah. Just cheap, cheap and try to win a cup. Uh, but no, he goes out and he gets a decent chunk of money uh, and is locked in in LA. So here's a small question for you, Parker. Obviously, he... And in his first game back at Rogers Arena, he will get the nice, you know, two-minute TV timeout yep. tribute video, right? Obviously, I agree with you. Best defenseman in Canucks history. 
what's kind of like the the threshold like Holtby won't probably won't get a welcome back Braden he only played one season I don't think Nate Schmidt's gonna get a welcome back Nate I don't think so so like what's the cutoff is it three years with us five years I'm kind of curious I think uh so they'll still get like Braden Holtby Nate Schmidt they'll get like on the screen during a not a commercial break but like between whistles right they'll have a a thing up there and I'll just say thank you and then that's it (laughs) Um, but I mean, you need to, I think a lot of it is, is being loved by the fan base is, is such a big part of it. And there's no real threshold I can think of, but if someone had come here for one year and tore it up, let's say, or did something that, uh, you know, the fan base really fell in love with, then I think that's sort of your threshold Uh, or just being a forever Canuck, which is basically what Alex Edler has been. Um, so I think, I think, I don't think there's really a threshold, but yeah, yeah, maybe he'll score his 100th goal here. Gosh. Imagine, just imagine that's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So that's most of our Canucks based free agency stuff. Uh, Do we want to stick with the Canucks and do some non free agency stuff that's happened over the past five days? I I would love to just actually do one where it was actually a tweet that you did in a response to tweet that I did that I just thought was really funny. Um, There was a part, there was a time where actually I listed out all other potential lines and potential decombination. And mm. I love yours. You you basically said great, 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 good, fine, and then scary or kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think what we'll do is uh we'll get to that after this section. I have a, I have a, I have that set up. So we'll oh, awesome. we'll go Amazing. we'll go through where the Canucks lineup sort of currently stands uh shortly and our thoughts on that. Uh but first up, just sort of the things that that we missed in the past couple of days while we weren't live, uh, but we probably did make videos about a few of them. Uh <laughs> first one uh, Braden Holpe bought out, uh, and look, oh, yeah. we, sort, we sort of touched on this when we talked about Yaro Halak, um, but Braden Holpe getting bought out, getting paid 500k this year, 1.9 million next year, and like I said, when you combine this with the Halak deal, I think it's a pretty fine piece of work. Yeah, it's. Uh, I know we're gonna probably. Uh, I'm predicting what's gonna come up on your next banner because we we didn't get a chance to talk about it. So they cleared out a lot of money yesterday in preparation for today. It's really too bad about Holpe. It's a uh, Stylistically, was he ever there? Was he ever there mentally? Was he? It was just a tough year for everyone. We heard Nate Schmidt talking about that with his Winnipeg media availability. It's just a very strange year. But yeah, uh, hardly got to see the best. Brandon Holtby. Maybe the one highlight was that crazy rolling legs flailing up in the air save I, I, that he made near the yeah. end of the season. But not a lot going on with Brandon Holtby. It's, it's really too bad. And we'll see if he can recoup any magic in Dallas. I guess. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of, let's talk about Nate Schmidt getting traded mm. to Winnipeg. Uh, I actually forgot about this until you just mentioned it. Oh, good. Uh, so Nate Schmidt getting sent to Winnipeg for a third round pick. Uh, yeah. Exactly what the Canucks traded for him. Uh, look, the Nate, the Nate Schmidt experiment didn't really work here. Uh, the Canucks went out. They exploited uh, Vegas's lack of salary cap room. Mm. They said, hey, you don't have room for a $6 million defenseman. We do. We'll give you a third round pick for him. He came here. He had probably the worst season of his career. Uh, And like I've said many times, just terrible circumstances all around the team, right? Uh, No fans in the stands, COVID outbreaks, uh, just this, that, and the other thing where things just didn't work as in the Vancouver Canucks. Wanted a change of scenery. Canucks said okay. uh, And they put together a deal to Winnipeg to send him uh, off for a 2022 third round pick. It's really too bad, Parker. I was so excited when we got him. And... um, uh, yeah, I'm just very excited. And even, I don't even remember him being a standout when Vegas beat the Canucks in the bubble. But I, I do, I did remember him though. He was noticeable. And then it just never clicked here. It, it didn't. And 
there was one point where more goals were going off of him than he was helping contribute. Do you remember that? The yeah. Goal, bad pass from, yeah. <laughs> off his foot. And, you know, he's such a great personality that it was my favorite mic'd up video of the year when he was getting pegged off in the corner by pucks bouncing out the glass. There were so many fun things. And I, I saw some of those fun things because I watched that interview that he did with meeting the Winnipeg media, a very similar vibe to when he met the Vancouver media last year. And it, to his credit, he didn't throw anyone under the bus. He talked about how tough it was for everyone, not just him, but as an energy guy who you can tell he's an extrovert, thrives on relationships, on community, it, it, and maybe it, it transferred translated to on the ice as well. It's really too bad. Yep, uh, he's a fun player and yeah. a- excellent personality. Uh, I'm 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 upset that it didn't work out, but uh, the Canucks made the smart move here, getting six million off the books at no yeah. penalty to themselves, so they had more money to play with uh, starting today. If I may, do you have a Jake Banner too? I sure do. Oh, look at that! <laughs> it's so smooth. You guys actually might think that we practice these uh, transitions. We don't, nope. <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I'll let you get into the details, but in essence, Jim Benning in two days undoes his work from last off season. And we've heard that, right? All Between of it. The, yeah. It's crazy. And, yeah. and we can see why we, he went from having only a few million, maybe 10 or 12 million to $26 million to play with walking into today. And uh, some of it's still there, but a lot of it's going to go into Pedersen Hughes and, and Dickinson. But yes, tell us about the buyout Parker. Yeah, and this is, again, just a, 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 a move that we saw coming and a smart cap move. Look, clearly yeah. Jake Furtanen was not in the Canucks' future plans for multiple reasons, one of them being he's not a good hockey player. <laughs> uh, he's not the player they, they expected when they drafted. Uh, of course, the, the, the other legal issues going on as well, and it was just a, a perfect recipe to buy him out. Um, yes. And especially because he's such a young player that a buyout only costs you, instead of the normal two-thirds, uh, of the salary over double the length of the contract. It's just mm-hmm. one third of the remaining salary. So uh, nice. in essence, instead of paying him two and a half million this year, Canucks basically pay him nothing this year, 50 K. Uh, so a, a, a rounding error in the salary cap and next <laughs> year, 500 K again, a minor, a very minor uh, cap hit there as well. So Jake uh, Franklin let go. And that again, opens up, you know, it, it hurts the cap a little bit next year, but barely. Uh, and it opened up another two and a half million dollars, basically, to be spent. That's a whole Tucker Pullman uh, of money to spend. <laughs> That's one of his exactly. <laughs> and you know what's crazy, Parker? I don't want to get into it for too much because I, I want to save my energy and stay in a good mood. The amount of fighting on Twitter is, is crazy. Canucks Twitter, and then this one became about: Are they buying them out because of the legal thing? And those people that tried to point out, no, this is a performance thing. They were probably going to do this even if that thing, if that incident didn't, alleged incident didn't even happen. This is a completely performance money freeing thing. But there are certain people on Twitter that don't like that narrative, that didn't like it. And it, be, it unfortunately became like the talk of all Sunday on Twitter. It's, I don't know. I don't know if you saw any of it. It's pretty frustrating yeah, to me. Yeah, I did. And look, look, here's my take. Uh, now, they, bought a, they bought him out. Both probably had an impact. However, okay. They probably would have bought him out anyways uh, yep. because he just wasn't worth the money he was getting paid and the Canucks didn't have the cap room. So it's kind of a moot point at the end. Uh, he was yes. going to get bought out regardless. Uh, and, uh, and you know, the shotgun Jake arrows over and uh, yeah. didn't get signed by Carolina, which was sort of rumored today. Oh, uh, and didn't even know is, that. Uh, and he is just sort of uh, out there floating. Maybe he ends up in Russia. 
we yeah. will see. Let's move on to the last couple pieces of Canucks news. Uh, we never got to talk about the Connor Garland extension. This came through after our show uh, on Friday. It came through, I think, on Saturday, uh, maybe Sunday. Uh, Canucks extending Connor Garland a five-year extension at $4.95 million. More money than you expected, or is that about right? Uh, a tad more. I know you and I talked on the show on the high side of 3.8 to 4.5, I think were some of the numbers we talked about. But it is five years, and, and as we've been talking about many times with any guys, the more years you add, the more you'll have to pay. Because with this guy, you're buying some of his unrestricted free agency years, his UFA years, as we like to say. So if this guy becomes a top, and we've talked about it, he can be a top line producer this, and I, I watched your video on it, and you, you made some really good points. This is going to look awesome in years three, four, and five. Absolutely. But it's a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit expensive now, especially given the, the crunch we're in. But that's what you kind of got to do with these long-term, longer-term deals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so for, if any of you uh, don't really know how a restricted to unrestricted free agency works, once you hit the age of about 27, you are an unrestricted free agent, which means mm -hmm. instead of one team bidding for you, 32 teams can now bid for you, which means you're probably worth more money. So what the Canucks could have done is they could have signed him for his two remaining RFA years. Uh, and it would have been fairly cheap, right? They could have probably got him for like $3 million a year. However, then he'd be an unrestricted free agent and those years would cost more. Let's say he signs for those maybe $3 million. He goes out, he puts up 60, 65 points, and now he's asking for seven, seven and a half, eight. So the Canucks mm -hmm. go out and they say, look, we're going to buy up three of those UFA years. So we're going to have to pay a little bit more over the length of the contract, but it locks the Canucks into this number for five years. So if Connor Garland, who produced at a 65 point pace last year, let's say he comes out, puts up 60 points this year, 60 points next year, 70 points in year three. Well, they're still only paying him $5 million basically. Uh, yes. And that's way cheaper than it could have ended up being in the long run. So maybe a little bit of hurt now, but even then, if he's a 60 point player, you are so happy paying him $5 million <laughs> a year. Uh, and the fact is that uh, that's just going to be uh, added value for the length of the contract. Yeah, I'm giggling, Parker, because we are talking about all these things. And this is the thing. All this happened in a short week. We, I just remembered we had, a, we had two shows last week, Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. So we actually got together merely five nights ago and all this has happened. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it has been a wild few days. We thought, we thought Saturday or Friday, the first night of the initial draft was wild. And that's because we had to spend 30 minutes talking about Connor Garland uh, and Oliver Ekman Larson. And now there's just, yeah, today was uh, absolutely, absolutely wild. in the last few days have been as well. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Michael Furland effectively calls it. Um, yeah. And this isn't much of a surprise. Uh, there's been rumors floating for the past year that maybe he'll try to come back. Maybe he won't. Uh, and most Canucks fans have been saying, don't try to come back. Like, it's, it's not about your cap hit. It's about health. Uh, concussions are not a thing that can ruin careers. They're a thing that can ruin lives. Uh, yeah. And he has had his fair share um, of concussions throughout his career. Uh, and he said uh, he's going to try playing in some non-contact leagues soon, uh, mm. but he is done with his time in the NHL. You know, it's really too bad. I remember how he terrorized the Canucks in that 2015 playoff yep. series. Oh, I hated him so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I cringed every time one of our defensemen went back to the corner to, to get the puck, to, out, to dig the puck out of there. And... Um, so I was excited. Do you remember he came in the same summer as JT Miller and there's debate of who should play in the top line, 
right? Yeah. I saw all these projections with Furlan playing with Petey. Protect him and be on his wing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he just never, he had a slow start to that training camp. I suffered a concussion pretty early. Um, not the first of his career, it's the it's first with the Canucks. And try, I think it was right, two or three failed comebacks already. Yeah. It, so it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he he only played 14 games in a Canucks uniform, uh, one goal, four assists, uh, and that's it. That's all he was able to muster uh, with the concussion issues, uh, and uh, that will be it for Michael Furland. Uh, if you are wondering about his cap hit, it's three and a half million dollars for this year and next year. Of course, that will entirely go on LTIR. He will still get paid that money, which is good for him, uh, and everyone sort of walks away from this uh, with a pretty clean slate. Yeah, without boring people with the details, Parker, it's 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 true though that the Canucks just don't get extra three point five. They have to basically work their way up to the salary cap as close as they can, and then to maximize that three point five. Is that a fair way of looking at it? Right. Yeah. So yeah. the way LTIR works is basically you don't just yeah you don't just get another three and a half million. You basically <laughs> just are able to go over the cap by three point five million, which sounds like the same thing. But it's not because cap accumulates throughout the season. So uh, if you're not if you're not close to the ceiling, that LTIR money just sort of gets wasted throughout the year. Uh, so it's not like the Canucks are completely free of the contract, um, mm. but they can make it work to the point where they will effectively have that money to use. So you want to be at the at the cap basically at the start of the season, correct? Right. That way you okay. can maximize your LTIR. Gotcha. Um, Thank you. All right. The last uh, last little thing about some some players here. Uh, some RFAs that are still unsigned and people thought maybe this would get done today with the risk of offer sheets to at least one or two of these players. Uh, Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Jason Dickinson, all still without contracts. Yeah, and this one's interesting, Parker, because, um, you know, cap friendly, it's not the, it's a great site, but right now they have a lot of these Abbotsford guys kind of propped up into the main part of our roster. So it's not the best. Uh, it's not the best, I guess, reflection. I count in my head about 18 millions left. Because we started the day with 26, and once you add up Sutter, Hamannick, Pullman, and Halak, it basically becomes 8 million or so. And now we're at 18 million for these three guys and your levy, technically. Uh, we still got to resign him. So those four, a million for your levy, whatever. A high three Dickinson. There's your 14 for Pedersen Hughes that we've been talking about. And that's it. That's it. You can't, yeah. you can't really go long. Yeah, they might want to go long term with Pedersen Hughes, but I don't know if they can. Yeah, I, I think uh, I heard on the VanCast that they're basically saying, look, it's going to be bridge-bridge. Like, yeah. It just has to be. They, they don't have the money to go long-term with either of these guys. However, it's not the worst thing in the world because you can give them both bridge contracts and they will still be RFAs after and you can still sign them afterwards. Um, yeah. And then Jason Dickinson's an interesting one as well. You know, the Canucks brought him in, traded a third-round pick to mm. Dallas for him. So he does have some leverage, you know. He mm. can say, look, you guys traded for me. Uh, give me money. <laughs> uh, so that one will be interesting to see how that shakes out. I think we've sort of settled around the sort of $3 million mark yes. uh, as sort of the expected number. So I'm sure it'll land somewhere around there. Uh, but I wouldn't be, I'm not really too worried about any of these. Look, I, I think there's almost zero threat of an offer sheet coming through for Pedersen. Hughes can't be offer sheeted because he's 10.2C. Um, gotcha. And Jason Dickinson could be, but again, I, I don't see it really happening. Yeah. Uh, and the Canucks have said they'll match any Pedersen offer sheet. Um, yep. anyways, so yep. all three of these players are going to be in the Canucks lineup on opening night. I guarantee it. Um, yep. they're just not signed yet. Do you know, someone asked me on, on my, on Twitter and I didn't know how to answer them. Do you know if Yolevi has to clear waivers if we start him up here and we want to send him down to Abbotsford? I have no clue. I have no I clue. Th- I, I, it, he must, 
I would think, right? I think he's old enough that he would have to be yeah, waiver eligible. I think so too. He's got um, drafted six years ago now. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So I think, uh, I, but again, I don't know that he would really get taken by anyone. Yeah. At this yeah. point, right? It's kind of like, you know, we put Jacob Mark- Markstrom through waivers years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, and there wasn't much of a threat of him getting taken. Now he's, mm-hmm. you know, a top 15 goalie in the NHL, or at least he was before last year. Um, so I, I, I'm not too concerned about you, Levy, getting scooped off waivers. Right, right, right. Okay, all, that's good. All right, let's get into the fun stuff. Where does the Canucks lineup stand? Uh, and this is sort of in reference to the tweet you put out today. You put out sort of your projected lineup, and uh, I quote tweeted it. Uh, with my sort of response, your quote uh, tweet was better than my original tweet, quite frankly. But I was okay. really, I was really happy with it. Um, <laughs> let's start off. So let's go through these lines, and um, I, I'm going to try something. Maybe I can share this on. Oh, uh, on this will be amazing. Uh, but I don't make any promises. That's not right. Uh, oh, that's not right. It's there's okay. got to be. There's got to be a way. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, this is live experimentation. Live experimenting. Uh, oh. Do you want me to just start talking about it? Go you... ahead. Yeah, keep okay. Yeah, go for so it. So I, I wasn't the only one who did this, but I, I was one of the first ones to do it. I just projected the lineup, and don't get too caught up of who the top pairing is, who the second pairing is. But I just threw the twenty-three man roster out there to see what we might be looking like. And remember, as we just talked about, Pedersen Hughes Dickinson need contracts, but it could be a lineup like this. So I'll kind of go through the order I did because this then it will make sense uh, what Parker references. So I said Pedersen Besser Miller is line number one. Then I put Horvat with Hoglander and Garland as two. Third line, I had Dickinson between Pearson and Podkolzin. Some people say switch Podkolzin and, and, and Hoglander, which is fine. Then, if, oh, here we go. Then, oh, nicely done. Then the fourth line was Sutter, newly signed, between Mott and either Highmore or McEwen. Then OEL with Myers, Hughes, Hamnick, Rathbone, Pullman, Yolevi, Shen. Now, obviously, you need to, um, some people think that they don't want to see Myers with OEL. You put Hamnick or Pullman there, but whatever. This is just for conversation. And then lastly, Demko, Halak, DiPietro. An active roster is 23 players, so actually you, you kind of knock off DiPietro there um, off right. of this list, and then you have your 13 forwards, your 8 defensemen, and 2 goalies. Some go 14 and 7 and 2. Regardless, your active roster is 23, and that's what you need to be under the cap of 81.5. So I said this. What do you think, Canucks fans? Got some good love. And Parker, why don't you go through your amazing analysis? Right. So this is sort of my analysis, uh, and this was just line by line. Um, and so basically I said top six, Miller, Patterson, Besser, great. Hoagland, Horvat, Garland, great. Uh, Pearson, Dickinson, Paul Colson, good. And again, that's mostly because <laughs> – Pearson's fine. Dickinson's fine. Uh, we don't know what Pod Colson is yet. It's a good third line. Fine with it. Uh, and fourth line, Mott, Sutter, and then Highmore or McEwen. I said, fine. Look, I love Tyler Mott. <laughs> but again, it's your fourth line. It's not going to be super exciting. Um, so that's that's fine for me. The problem yep. is when you get to the defensive side, <laughs> uh, OEL Myers as your first pair. That's not really good. Uh, Tyler Myers is not a number two defenseman. Uh, OEL, some people think he's number one. Some people think he's number six. Uh, so let's meet in the middle and say, let's say that this is like an average three, four pairing. That's not good enough for a number one. Uh, Hughes Hamannick, fine. Love Quinn Hughes. Hamannick's fine, but Hughes is a little shaky last year. So that's yeah. a fine second pairing. Uh, Rathbone Pullman, fine. Love Jack Rathbone. But again, he's so young. Uh, he's yeah. so raw. He looked great in the little bit that we did see. Uh, and then Tucker Pullman, we don't know enough. He's not going to be much of an offensive play driver. And when we look at these D pairs, I mean, you sort of know, notice that Hamannick Pullman Shen of just a lot of 
a lot of not offense. Um, and then you mentioned Yul Shen. That's fine as your as your seven eight D pair right. uh, guys who can sort of jump in. Uh, goaltending, great, great, great. Demko, yep. great starter. Halak, great backup. DiPietro, great starter for the AHL. So this is sort of my summary uh, in as few words as possible. I love it, Parker. And what you can see, and whether it's your summary or whether you just intuitively look at it, we're going to, hopefully, the plan is we're going to score a lot of goals, but we're probably going to get scored on a lot. And that's not because our goalies aren't good. In fact, you said they're great. But it's the six guys, you know, two at a time that are in front of the goalie trying to help out. They might be our problem this season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to it here. the 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 defense in general is just a. It's not a. It's not a top defensive unit. Forward wise, awesome. So excited for it, and that's why I said, great, great, good, fine. That's that's a solid. <laughs> that is a solid. Uh, a solid forward group and a solid goaltending group. But that goaltending group is going to have to be solid. Yeah. Uh, and all in all, it's going to be exciting. <laughs> that is for <laughs> sure. Can you go back? Oh, sorry. Is it easy to bring it back sure. over time? Yeah. Can you go uh, scroll to the D, D pairings again? Perfect. Perfect. Do you think, I've heard some people say it could be o, OEL and Pullman as our shutdown. So basically you swap Pullman and Myers and then you put Myers with Rathbone and then keep Hughes and Hamnick. And I've also heard people say you can split up Hughes and Hamnick because they were okay. They weren't amazing. And go OEL, Hamnick, Hughes, Pullman, Rathbone Myers. What do you think? Like in, in your world, what's the best? Um, I think putting the defensive guys together is better. Typically yep. I saw a really good tweet today and it was like lots of NHL GMs seem to think you have to have an offensive guy and a defensive guy paired up together. But that hmm. just means when you're in the offensive zone, you're basically four V five. And when you're in the defensive zone, you're basically four V five. Right. So yeah. Um, I, I, that idea sort of, sort of stuck with me. And so something like, uh, you know, like a Hughes Myers and then OEL Poolman and, or whatever yeah. you, however you want to mix it up. Uh, I yeah. think we'll see in training camp exactly what the, what the Canucks are going to try to do here. I'm sure they'll try everything. Uh, and I'm sure they'll have to try everything, um, yeah. to, to find the perfect combination, the perfect amount of chemistry so that this D this defensive group isn't going to sink the team. Last thing I'll say before we get off this, um, I've also um, seen some projections with Lockwood as the fourth line right winger instead of Highmore and McHugh. And I'm not like I liked his one game like performance, but is he going to be more trusted by Travis Green than Highmore and McHugh? And I'm not so sure. No, and I, I think it's one of those things where he'll get a look in training camp uh, and he'll have to really impress. Because, again, when we're talking about a fourth line, we're talking about Tyler Mott, a guy who Travis Green can wholeheartedly trust. We're talking about Brandon Sutter, who yeah. Travis Green loves. And we're talking about, you know, Highmore McEwen, who I don't think Travis Green's super high on, but I think he is, you know, he's more confident in them defensively uh, than he would be a, a Will Lockwood. However, I hope Will Lockwood can impress, make the team. Maybe mm -hmm. a Klimovich in here somewhere. <laughs> you never know. Wow. And the cheaper, the better, because um, we won't get into it. Uh, next season, we need some of these guys to hit because we kind of got to offer Brock Besser a lot of money. Yes, Brock Besser is going to need some cash. <laughs> wow. That was rapid fire. Like we could have, we could have probably doubled the time we spent on each of those topics, but we knew we have twenty banners to get through. Yeah, it's already ten fifty, and we have been through. We've been through everything Canucks related at this point. Uh, so. Good job for us. I don't think I'm missing anything. <laughs> I think I had it all listed there. 
Um, so we figured we'd spend the last little bit of time talking about where this sort of puts the Canucks in uh, the playoff race mm. and what other teams in that competing playoff race, which would be the Pacific Division, what they also did today. And uh, a lot of it wasn't great, in my opinion. Let's start with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, Calgary Flames made one big splash today, uh, okay. and that was bringing in Blake Coleman. Uh, who is getting paid a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Uh, six years, $4.9 million per. Uh, what's your initial uh, initial thought on this? I like him a lot. When I heard him, you know, he did a nice interview with James Duthie on TSN. I actually caught that today. And obviously, two championships after leaving New Jersey. So can't complain there, just like Luke Shen has two championships. But this seems like, a lot of money. This seems like when you're talking about Zach Hyman, oh, that's a lot of money. When you're talking, I know we're talking about him. It, it just seems like a lot. And as much as we're worried about how much we're giving right shot defensemen, I think we did pretty good about not spending too much on forwards. And this, I wouldn't want this for us. Yeah, I don't hate the money. I don't like the term yeah. though, uh, yeah. because look, I mean, he's a center uh, who put up 31 points last year in 55 games, which is really good. You know, it's like a 50 okay. point pace. Um, previous year, 31 and 57. Uh, so basically two years where he's put uh, together a decent campaign of about 50-point mm -hmm. pace. Uh, so $5 million is fine for that. However, he'll turn 30 in November, and wow. it's a six-year contract. Uh, so the Flames are you know, really spending a lot of money in years four, five, six when he's 33, 34, 35. Uh, that could be risky. But I think in the short term, I think this is a pretty fine move um for the flames what was garland's deal again uh garland was four or well, hold on, i lost five it. At uh, five five by about five four point nine five okay. so basically the same contract with a year less of term okay fair enough fair enough okay thank you yeah it, it's okay then maybe i don't hate it as much you, you make a great point about the money that the money seems fair it's the, the yeah six six these six-year contracts they're killers man that's it is asking to be louis erickson again because <laughs> um, you know i mean look it's blake coleman he's not a elite offensive star he is a solid third line center who can play on your second line yeah uh and you know it's uh six years is a lot to give and speaking of a lot of years <laughs> let's go to edmonton and oh yeah before i even pull it up let's let's recap last week Yes. Uh, trading away Ethan Bear, uh, or not Ethan Bear? They traded him today, didn't they? Uh, traded yeah. away. I, I saw they brought in Duncan Keith. Yep. Uh, they re-signed Mike Smith to a two-year deal. They yeah. did a lot of just weird moves, and then they go out today, and they signed Zach Hyman, who yeah. I love. Zach Hyman is a great player. Yeah. Seven years at five point five million, and they were trying to get an eighth in a sign and trade with Toronto, which would have been at five point two million. They couldn't get that done because Toronto was asking for too much. So they, they get him at, at seven yeah. years <laughs> at five point five million dollars. Again, I don't hate the money. I think that's good money for Zach Hyman. And I made a video about this when it said the Canucks were in the top three for it, and I said, "Why are the Canucks interested in Zach Hyman?" Because again, I think he's a great piece at three years or so seven years for again a guy who's nearing the age of 30 uh it's just asking for trouble they they've been through this with milan lucic yeah. they they saw firsthand louis erickson uh it's just it's just asking for so much pain in the future no i agree with you nothing to add there i think you nailed that and i i've mentioned cody cc on this show 
And so I don't mind that actually, because I, I right shot D, I, I like that. Um, Barry, he had a really good offensive season last year. So I guess the biggest thing is, yeah, they they also had Duncan Keith. So the three new blue liners, because they they lose Adam Larson as well, like who didn't want to sign with them, would rather have gone to Seattle than sign yeah. with Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and all of this just just screams of the Oilers trying to go all in right now, yeah. right? They're they're basically saying, look. We're going to sign Hyman at seven times 5.5 because years four through seven, we don't care about, we're trying to win now because of the, because of McDavid and dry We don't want them to leave, but they have, but then like Duncan Keith and like all these other guys they're bringing in, it's not going to help. Uh, yeah. I just see the Oilers struggling this year uh, at the end of the day. And look, Cody CC uh, was a, an analytics nightmare previously uh, had a decent year with Pittsburgh this year though. Kind of, kind of regained some decent form. Uh, so again, I don't hate that contract again, four years seems like a lot, but what we've seen with sort of the defenseman market today, especially yeah. guys on the right side, it sort of lines up with everything we've seen. Uh, and then Tyson Berry, um, that's, you know, it's a fine contract. He was really good this year, you know, playing yeah. on that power play with McDavid and Dreisaitl clearly really helped. Uh, I think that one's fine. Just, just, again, it's a lot of, a lot of money in term that they're just throwing around out there in Edmonton. And I was trying to, as I saw that banner, Parker, I was trying to remember they got another left winger. It was Warren Fogle. They, Ethan Bear yes, was Ethan traded Bear for Warren. So Ethan Bear um, rendered, you know, because CC and Barry are right shot guys, so it was Ethan Bear. But I like Warren Fogle. I was hoping that the Canucks would, would have gone after him. Um, but uh, apparently Ethan Bear is a fan favorite, and a lot of people are really upset that he's gone. But maybe, maybe Fogle will help them forget about him. Who knows? But yeah, Edmonton, I, I, I think they've gotten weaker. I, I yep. do. I do as well. Yeah. Uh, two more in division teams that have made sure. some big moves today. First one, you mentioned this earlier off the top, the LA oh. Kings going out and signing Phil Deneau. Look, Phil Deneau's awesome. Uh, he's a guy who doesn't really produce much offensively, but he goes out there. He's a hard worker. He wins battles. But again, this is a lot of term and money to give Phil Deneau. Six years, $5.5 million. How old per. is this guy? He is 28. That's because, that's good because I didn't know. I messed it up. I was going to say I didn't know. Okay, I messed that up. I'm so bad. I'm not a funny guy. <laughs> so, so 28, six years. <laughs> so we're looking at a guy who uh, last year scored five goals in 53 games. Uh, yep. The most goal he's ever scored in a season is 13. Okay. Uh, and that was in 71 games back in 2019, 2020. Yeah. Uh, but he gets a lot of assists. You know, he had 41 assists in his top season. Uh, but this last year, 24 points in 53 games. Uh, so, you know, about, uh, you know, under a 30 point pace yeah. or under a 40 point pace. Sorry. Um, yeah. And uh, that's a lot of money to be giving to give but, to giving a guy who doesn't produce offensively. I agree. But he was a star in the playoffs, obviously uh, thrust into that. Uh, sometimes a number one center role at, at, at points. Yeah, this this one's interesting. Yeah, the Kings, as we've talked about here, Parker, they have so many good, um, so many good prospects, and they're gonna get good. They're gonna hit soon. They're gonna, they're gonna, be, gonna be good, good this year. Soon. They're yeah. gonna they're they're at least going to be a lot better than they were last year. Yeah. Um, but again, this is the type of move that you make when you're trying to really accelerate a rebuild, and you're trying to you're like, all right, now we're going in, um, and you know that's a. For one, it's a good division to do it in, at least, the Pacific Division. It's a division that any team can really be in reach of a playoff spot. Um, but again, six years is just something that feels like it's going to bite them in the future. Yep. Well said. 
All right, and our rival to the south, the brand new Canucks <laughs> rival, who spent the entire expansion draft working on cap space. Let's go out and bring in a bunch of guys. Let's bring in a guy like Gavin Bayreuther, only to have him re-sign with Columbus a week later. Um, the Seattle Kraken make three big signings today. Yes. Uh, they bring in Grubauer, goaltender, uh, six by 5.9 million. Let's start with this one. One, a lot of money to give Grubauer. Vesna finalist this year, though. Very good goaltender. However, kind of surprising after they had just signed Chris Dreger, who was sort of expected to be their starter, uh, and now ends up being slotted into a backup role when he probably thought himself that he was coming to Seattle to be a starting goalie. Exactly. And so, obviously, there's going to be, unless something happens, they want competition between the two goalies. Grubauer's contract would dictate that he's the number one now, the incumbent number one. You know... I was thinking about this, Parker, when I saw this amount. Um, you got to wonder how how much of Grubauer's success was because of the amazing team that played in front of him. Sure, of course he's a good goalie, but maybe Colorado kind of saw that they didn't want to give what he wanted. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Grub, it's a ton of money and, again, a yeah. ton of term. Goaltenders goal are scary. You know, yes. They can just drop off a cliff at some point. Uh, in six yep. years and almost $6 million is uh, is definitely a risky risky move uh they also go out and sign alex wenberg remember when wenberg was sort of a horvat comparable yeah uh yeah. and then wenberg sort of fell off a cliff and i looked at some analytics and he's ba he is not great anymore uh, i think he sort of had a decent year last year i'm gonna pull up his stats sure. uh, while we're here uh alex wenberg last year had 29 points in 56 games so on paper that sounds pretty good 17 mm -hmm. goals about a 25 goal pace uh about a 45 50 point pace as well uh, so that's fine. Um, however, it was his first good year in a while. Uh, analytically, <laughs> he is not very good. Um, and he's, you know, he's only 26. He'll be 27 by the start of the season. Uh, but four and a half million dollars is uh, is quite a bit to give Wenberg when he was coming off of. I mean, he was coming off of a uh, a four point nine million dollar cap hit with Columbus that he was bought out of back in October. Then he went to Florida, right? Um, I actually had no clue where he's from. Yes, then he went to Florida. Okay, at two point two five. Yeah, you know, I, great point, Parker. I didn't know about the analytics. I've I've always liked the name from when he was at Columbus. You know, I I, I used to get Wenberg and Wurenski mixed up. Then I realized they played different positions. But yes, he 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 was a good player in Columbus. Uh, but this is a lot of. I'm just looking at those numbers. That's sixteen million between these three guys. Now you kind of see why Seattle was so far underneath. In, I don't know if they had these guys targeted already or whatever, but. Now you know why they're so under the cap after they came out of that expansion draft last week. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a lot of money just to be thrown around after <laughs> uh, after basically being super cheap uh, as they could be. Uh, and then let's talk into a sign that I think is their best signing that they made today. Uh, that's Jaden. I Schwartz. agree with you. Jaden yep. Schwartz is a really solid player. He's played for the St. Louis Blues his entire career. Uh, his best season, he had 63 points in 75 games. Uh, even just this last year, 21 points in 40 games, so about a 40-point pace. Uh, yep. But the year before that, 57 points in 71 games. He was a big part of their Stanley Cup win, had yes. 12 goals in those 26 games in the playoffs. Um, he is a really good player. However, you know we're looking at a guy who is turning, uh, he just turned 29, so five yep. years at $5.5 million dollars. Could be a little risky in the long run, um, but I think uh, I think they're getting a really really good player here. Agree with you. Uh, dynamic, uh, lead, great leader. Can you look it up? I, I I remember taking Schwartz a lot in my 
hockey pills and him always getting hurt. Can you confirm that he hasn't really been the most healthy, though? I can tell you he's never played 82 games. <laughs> okay. Has he ever he, played, like, 75 games? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so his last few seasons, obviously 40. Uh, in the condensed yeah. season, he played 71, so he played every game in 2019-20 oh. before the pandemic okay. shortened it. Uh, 69 the year before, 62, 78. Uh, he had a year where he only played 33 games uh, and then okay. 20 in the playoffs. So I think he's had a couple of injuries in the past. Ma- okay, ma- not as bad as just that one year, though. Yeah. yeah. No, I like him. Uh, I also... Um, saw his interview on TSN as well. He, he seems very likable. It seems like he's he's willing to be a leader. He'll be one of the veterans on this team, um, and the, one of the only ones with the Stanley Cup ring. So I, I I agree with you, Parker. Of these three names that I'm looking at on the screen, I definitely think he's the best, and he'll he'll hopefully turn out the best for them for sure. Absolutely. So the Canucks locked in against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, October 23rd, I believe the first, are you going or what I'm going to, if I can get tickets, we'll see how expensive they are. Cause they might be very expensive, uh, <laughs> but I will, I will try. Uh, and that's basically, that's all of our topics that we had. Uh, that is 21 topics, 20 topics that we just flew through as fast as possible. Uh, wow. is there anything that you think I missed? Uh, actually one small one, Justin Bailey. Got re-signed right. by the Vancouver Connects today. Yes. Yes. And um, that's a fine move. Yep. Tidy <laughs> uh, move. Tidy move. <laughs> tidy uh, piece of business. <laughs> glad, glad he's coming back. He will be uh, great in Abbotsford. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wonder who would wear the C in Abbotsford in year one. Good point. Could I'll be throw a guy t- like Bailey. Yeah. I'll throw two things at you, Parker, and then yeah, I'll leave it up to you if we want to go to questions for a few minutes to wrap up. But sure. here's two things that my – so my season ticket partner, I talk about a lot of, uh, about – him in my channel named Mike. He's the one who's been Canucks season ticket holder for 18 years. And I came in 11 years ago. So really good friend of mine from church played the game, runs a roller hockey team. He knows his stuff. He said two things. He said, number one, he was happy that kind of what we just did that fan bases in uh, Seattle, in Edmonton, in other places were actually poo pooing on their own teams. So he was actually relieved to see that the Canucks fans were generally pretty good about their signings where usually it's the other way around. We're always down on our signs where it was, he liked seeing that other fan bases were, were, were poo-pooing on their team. So he liked that. But then right after that, he messaged me. and I'd love to get your take on this, Parker. He doesn't like the fact that he understands the buyouts and thing, but he doesn't like the fact that we're punting so much money down the road because he's really worried about Brock Besser's, our, our ability to re-sign him next season. And we don't have to get into it too crazy, but this is the kind of thing that he thinks about. And he was really upset with Benning for that Halak performance bonus thing, for the buyout being still stuck and while understanding why we need to do it. That's all. I just want to throw those two things at you real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to seeing other teams sort of be unhappy, uh, that was relieving for me. And especially especially when we look at the moves that we saw Jim Benning make today and we saw them and, you know, most of my thoughts were they were all pretty good with a couple of iffy ones. But overall, (laughs) I think a pretty good day. Uh, And you go look at the Oilers, and I I don't think the Oilers had a great week. Uh, I don't think the Kraken had a great week. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the Flames really had a great week. Uh, And so I see that, and I think, you know, maybe the Canucks have a chance to to come through um, and and sort of elevate their standing in the Pacific Division. And because of that, I've put a poll up here in the chat for those of you uh, live on YouTube. Uh, How would you grade the Canucks free agency? You have four options, A, B, C, or a fail. Um, <laughs> most people bo- voting B for right now uh, by a wide margin. Clay, where would you grade uh, the Canucks free agency? I guess sort of the last 
three or four days or so yeah. uh, as a whole. This one, I, I just voted actually, I voted B as well. I, I was probably feeling A coming into today because I love the Garland. Ah, did I love it? No, I, yeah, I was happy actually with the way I was split on the, the Coyotes trade. I like the Dickinson pickup. And then I was really happy with the way they moved, uh, they made, created space for Tannen, Holtby, and, and Schmidt. So then today happened. I liked the Sutter Halak. And as, as I led with the Hamnick one, the Pullman, I wasn't as down as many others, but that's kind of like my, my default, right? He's a little more on the positive side. Right. So I, but I don't think it was a home run today by, by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I think B, I take a B. I'll take a B. It, it means very good in my eyes. Um, so yeah. I think it was better than average. So that's why I give it a B, but it wasn't outstanding, which to me uh, would dictate an A. So I give it a B. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat because I look yeah. at I look at sort of the Holtby Halak swap as a really good move in my mind. Uh, you get a better backup goalie and you yeah. save some money on the cap. Good all around. Um, Brandon Sutter move, great. Like just it's a good move. Uh, bringing Luke Shen back, great. Travis Hamanick, I'm more on the fine side. I think it might be a little <laughs> bit much money, but again, a slight overpayment isn't going to kill you. Uh, sure. And Tucker Tucker Pullman, I was a little bit more uh, more down on because it's it just, four years seemed like a lot for Tucker yes. Pullman for a guy who hasn't really proven uh, his worth so much in the NHL so far. Uh, and then you sort of combine that with the Nate Schmidt trade uh, and the and the Jake Furtanen buyout and all the depth signs the Canucks made and the Connor Garland contract. And again, I everything I look at, it's like 85% positive uh, over the mm -hmm. last couple of days. Uh, so yeah, I think a B is right about where I put it. And you guys clearly agree. 41 votes, 80% coming through with a B. Slightly, um, I just ended it so I can't see it anymore, but it was something like 15 <laughs> 15% saying an A and the remainder saying C. 80% uh, B, 17% A, 2% voted C, so probably just one person, and no one voted F. So I think all around, uh, Jim Benning would be happy to see that he gets a B for the day uh, and uh, no complaints really here. Parker, this is so fun. I love these polls. Can you do one more for me? Uh, can, sure. can I dictate it to you? Simply, what place will the Canucks come in? In the Pacific Division, and and just give it uh, one, two, three. I, I I don't know if you want to go four or out of the playoffs. It's up to you. Do whatever you want. I'll, I I got it. Okay, you. Uh, you're so. While fast, we do man. this, why don't you uh, why don't you answer some questions here? Okay, let's see. Um, well, I'll I'll start with what you're putting up the poll. I think the Canucks could be the second place team in the division. I've always talked about them being number three between Vegas and Edmonton, but I like what Vancouver did way more than what Edmonton did. I would dare say Vancouver could finish as high as second, but we will see. Okay, I'm seeing what other questions are in there. Uh, so I've put in the poll. I put a poll oh yeah, together, oh. and it says, where do you guys think the Canucks will finish? And basically, I grouped everything oh, nice. in groups of two. So top two, three, four, five, six, or seven, eight. And leave us your reasons why in the chat. We, uh, we've we sort of decided that we're going to hang out a little bit later today, yes. um, if need be. So give us your answers. Uh, some people are very optimistic to start this one. They liked your argument. Um, <laughs> personally, I would say, man, I should have made four or five an option because that's sort of where I am. Uh, I think yeah. the Canucks should be around fourth in the division. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think if they, 
overachieve a little bit, they'll be around three and make the playoffs. And if they underachieve a little bit, they'll be around five and probably on the outside looking in. And if they're in fourth, they might be fighting for that second wildcard spot. But the central teams are going to be tough to deal with uh, in the wildcard race, at least. So um, most people here saying between one and four, only 2% so far saying outside of the playoffs. But we'll, we'll revisit this in a minute or so. Awesome. Okay, let's do about 10 minutes of questions to wrap up then. Can you put up uh, Fangirls for me uh, from 11, 10 p.m. about Halak? So, uh, Fangirl, no, we, I do not think he'll resign because you only resign him for one year because you want Michael DiPietro to be ready next season after a full year being close to Ian Clark, even practicing with the team once in a while if they can make that work. I, I fully expect it to be Michael DiPietro as Demko's backup next season. Do you agree with me, Parker? Mostly, and I think it comes down to the one-year deal being really smart. Uh, one, Halak's getting up there in age, right? He's going to be thirty. <laughs> he's going to be thirty-seven next year. The guy's uh, almost as old as me. <laughs> when he's thirty-seven next year, though, right? You want to see one? Will Halak's game drop off more? Right? We saw him drop to about a nine-zero-five last year. Does he stay around that? Does he have a slight resurgence with a new team? Does he mm. drop a little bit? I sort of venture to guess he'll drop a little bit because the defense in front of him won't be as good as he's used to. Um, and then the other thing you want to watch is, uh, like you said, Mikey DiPietro hasn't played, yeah. didn't play this year really, right? Yeah. Uh, only played uh, maybe a handful of games near the end of the season, uh, but basically had no AHL time this year, was just practicing all season. So you want to go in and you say, all right, Mikey, start 50 games in the AHL this year. Let's see how you do. If he goes out and he's putting up like a 915, a 920 in the AHL, uh, just being an absolute stud, then yeah, then you're like, all right, he's ready to be our backup for a year, and then we see from there. So um, that's sort of where I stand on it. We'll see where he gets after this year. Um, I don't think it'll be Halak though at that point. I think once, I think a year from now, if they still need it, if DiPietro still needs another year, I think they'll probably just find another cheap goalie on a one-year deal. Awesome. Can you put up Lucas Gates from eleven eleven? I'll let you start off. Is the question about Vegas? Yes, go for it. Thoughts of Vegas throwing flurry <laughs> out into the trash. Does Vegas have a loyalty problem? And just I just can't help but picture the the Alan Walsh tweet of of Mark Andre Flurry with the sword in his back. Yeah, um, what a time that was. Uh, yeah, this was odd, um, and it just sort of screams poor PR. Um, when it comes to hockey decisions, if your goal is to make your team better, then the GM's job isn't really to care that much about loyalty. But it is the GM's job to care about how the team looks to potential free agents, right? You still mm-hmm. you don't want to kill your team's image and prevent teams from wanting to sign with you. So if they came to the decision that, all right, we need uh, Flurry's contract no longer has positive value for us, even though he just won the Vesna Trophy, um, <laughs> but making seven million dollars, uh, and they said, look, he is not worth his contract. Let's get out of this while we can. Yep. Uh, so they make that move. The problem really lied in the fact that. Flurry found out on Twitter, uh, which is never a good look. The insider figured it out before uh, Flurry's agent did, uh, which is a terrible look uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. However, when it comes to just the moves they're making, um, loyalty doesn't really exist uh, in sports, um, and that's just sort of how things are. Yeah, I've read stuff that Flurry was totally shocked that now he's not even yeah that he learned from Twitter. <sighs> It's unfortunate, and it never makes it better. But you almost wish it would happen as a, a more dislike, a least likable yeah. guy. Like he's like the most likable guy out there. 
Yeah, he's a legend in Vegas too, right? Yeah. Like he's been there since day one. He's been one of the best goalies in the NHL for the four years. Uh, but now he's gone, and uh, now he's in Chicago. Maybe, yes. and he might just retire. <laughs> Can you find uh, uh, C edits from eleven eleven as well? Before oh, this, that, okay. Phil says that this is an you. awesome show, and thank you, well, Phil. We appreciate. We agree. That. Well, and while we're on this. Uh, if you guys can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five star review, just search for Canucks After Dark. You can also find it linked in the description here. And if you leave us a five star review, we'll read it out on the next show, and it helps us out. Uh, so we do really appreciate it. You wanted to go to see edits about Colorado? Yeah, I like this one because we were talking about uh, Grubauer leaving. Now, then they trade for Darcy Kemper today, but they give up a lot. Uh, defenseman Connor Timmins. 2022 first round pick 2024 conditional third rounder so i heard people saying this is the first time that joe sack may have lost a trade you lose grubauer but you're able to sign resign Laniskog. they're still powerful up front they still are powerful on d kemper if you don't think he's much of a drop off um i still consider them a contender i don't i don't think they've lost I enough i don't think they really got much worse right i yep. mean they still, yep. like you said, Laniscog is still there, uh, yep. and and Darcy Kemper had kind of an off year this year. But remember the la- like, let me read some numbers here. Uh, in 2020, <laughs> he had a 9.28. The year before that, a 9.25. The year before that, uh, a 9.32 with LA, and then an 8.99 with Arizona. Uh, mm-hmm. Darcy Kemper is a really good goalie. Yes, they paid a lot. However, they paid a lot of futures. They paid Connor yes. Timmins, who isn't you know a key piece for the team. That that. Colorado's defense is so stacked anyways. Losing a guy like Connor Timmons isn't going to kill them. Yep. Uh, a first-round pick for next year, which will probably be somewhere in the high 20s, I would assume, and a third-round pick, which doesn't matter because um, it's two years <laughs> away. Um, Thatcher, or not Thatcher, uh, Darcy Kemper is an excellent goalie. Yeah, he's 31, um, and replacing uh, Grubauer with him uh, isn't uh, isn't the best. However, he's cheaper. Uh, he you know four and a yes. half million dollars uh, for Darcy Kemper. Uh, all this move did is it opened up a little bit of cap for the Avalanche. It cost them some futures, and it's and they still have a really really solid goaltender there. I agree, and they're still my one, two, three, fourth favorite team. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Pick one. Um, let's see here um man i'm i'm uh i like this one from noah and we we sort of touched on this one and it's just who who's in the lineup on starting night uh starting lineup opening night highmore or McEwen. i'm gonna say neither that's my Ooh. that's my off the board pick i think we're going to have either uh some other signing or trade potentially um or uh will lockwood I'm going Klimovich though. I don't know why. I, I it's love such it. A, it's such an off the board pick. It doesn't really make sense, but I just I'm all aboard the fun train. So let's uh, let's see uh, Danny Klimovich come in and take that spot. I love it. I love it. If I had to choose between the two options that were actually given, though, I would choose Matthew Highmore. I just think he's got a bit more uh, versatility. Too. Yep. Zach Hi- or Zach McEwen really didn't have a great year last year. I agree. Uh, yeah. Probably the, the worst we've seen him. Uh, unfortunately, because I like Zach McEwen a lot, uh, but he just had a an off year last yeah. season. I agree. 123 people in here um, at 11:20 Pacific time. That's pretty you impressive. Guys are crazy. Absolutely people are hungry, crazy, man. folks. Yeah. Uh, and uh, guys, uh, the fun doesn't really stop uh, because we are getting into August, which means training camp is soon, preseason is soon. Uh, there might be a little bit of news downtime. Are there any big dates coming up? 
No, and I was going to ask you, are we going back to Mondays in August again, or what are we doing? That's up to we you. We didn't talk about it. <laughs> we didn't talk about it. Um, I'm open for whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll figure it out, and uh, we'll put some tweets out. Uh, okay. Speaking of tweets, you can follow both of us on Twitter, linked in the description and above our heads. Uh, and I think this is where we are going to wrap up for the night, if that's all right with you. Sounds perfect. So you can find all of our stuff linked down below, our YouTubes, our Twitters. Um, if you want any more of our thoughts on any of these things that happened today, we made, we each made a handful of, how many videos did you make today? Uh, just two, you know, it's funny. Okay. I was, I was giggling cause I, I, you, you, you were good from the volume department. I did a Sutter one and then at nine Oh one, I just pulled over. I watched a couple things on my phone and I said, Oh, forget it. I'm just talking about <laughs> a lack um, Hamannick and Pullman in the same video and then I got to get to work and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I respect that. Yeah. I put out three. Uh, so you can go to either of our channels. Uh, I'm uh, Parker's pucks. Uh, I'll link below. He's Canuck clay. You can find us on YouTube, on Twitter. Uh, and again, if you missed any part of the show, look, we, I can see our graph of when you guys joined, it's been steadily rising throughout the show at wow. 1030. There was a hundred of you in here. Now there's 130. So we know some of you didn't see the whole show, which means ah. you can, you can rewind back to the beginning and watch it. Or if you prefer audio, maybe you want to listen in your car on your way to work tomorrow morning, uh, about 30 minutes after the show, this will be uploaded on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple podcasts. Pocket Cast, Overcast. There's so many of them. You can find it wherever you uh, enjoy your podcast. Just search Canucks After Dark. Hit the subscribe button and don't forget to leave us a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. This was a lot of fun. Uh, and guys, this is just day one of free agency. Uh, the Canucks <laughs> still have some room. We are going to see uh, an Elias Pettersson contract. We are going to yes. see a Quinn Hughes contract, a Jason Dickinson contract. All of these things are still going to happen. And when they do... Canucks After Dark will be there, and you'll have videos from both of us on our main channels. Um, Clay, any parting words for tonight? This is fun. We did three shows, Parker, in eight nights. We went last Wednesday, then last Friday, and now this Wednesday, and rightfully so, between two drafts and a bunch of stuff going on. So this is great. You know, I, I think um, I, I like how relatively on top of things we, uh, we are, and I want to say, uh, I think people know this already, but I want to give a shout-out to Parker because he does all the show prep he does all the tech really i just show up five minutes before and make sure that my microphone and my lights are on so parker thanks for putting all the great effort in and i think uh no i think we make a good team it's been four months now we're still going strong in fact we are stronger than ever and um it's only gonna get better we might go through a small little swell of, of downtime if there's not a lot of news say maybe middle of august early september but it's gonna ramp up pretty darn quick once again Absolutely. And guys, even if you watch the whole show, go to your favorite podcast platform and just, just download it or hit play or do something because uh, yeah. it does help us out, move us up the charts, uh, see if we can get back to number one in some of these countries that we did before, like Taiwan, uh, when we were number one there for a day, uh, which is our, our biggest claim to fame at this Love point. Love it. Uh, anyways, we've, we've taken too much of you guys' time. It is 1130 uh, almost, so uh, we are going to wrap up here. Uh, if you enjoy the show, leave a like, leave a comment afterwards, do all that good stuff. You guys know the deal and make sure you're subscribed to the channel on YouTube if you're not. Um, and yeah, everything's linked down below and, uh, we'll see you next time.